Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here. With Jeremiah Stringer, the king of Kentucky backpacking. Jeremiah, I actually got to do some Kentucky backpacking this past weekend. Me too. Man, it was so nice. Oh, dude. It's it's a little cold on Saturday, but it's hard to beat. Well, Friday night. Were you out Friday night? Yes, dude. Jason's tarp failed. He got soaking wet, laid in a puddle of water his underquilt was what had to dry everything out saturday his cuban fiber tarp from 15 years ago who would have thought the seam would fail <laughs> at some point the, the ancient of days tarp that he has yeah finally died on him it was worth so the money Mr. backpacking with jason got wet well yeah. i can i can tell you i used i used that outdoor vitals 40th tent that uh that i got a while back yeah how was it bone dry bro Stayed bone dry. That, yeah. and it, that was a storm, man. Oh, it was God. for like two and a half hours. Yeah. And it did not stop for two and a half hours. I, I, got, I got on my phone because my watch keeps track of like my sleep that I get when I'm on trail. Yeah. And I got two hours and 41 minutes of sleep that night. Oh, dude. <laughs> Jason, I woke up in the morning. I probably slept from midnight. It's till, we went to bed. Me and one of my buddies went to bed about the time it started raining. And then I yeah. got up maybe, I don't know, 7.38 with the light. And I got up, and I was like, Jason, how'd you sleep? He's like, man, I woke up about 1. I just kept feeling, like, specks on my face. And then he looked, and, yep, sure enough, just a a puddle of water that had dripped from his seams. But we had two duplex sales, oh. and they worked absolutely perfect. He was the only one that got wet. Well, man, I'm going to tell you. I hated sleeping in a tent. Oh, I'm just going to say it. Dude, dweller. I cannot sleep. I, I sleep so bad. And I had to get up at 5.30 because we had to be on trail before 7 because my son had a t-ball game at home. So right. I had to get back in. Okay, and here's, here's the <laughs> kicker of all this, and then we're going we're gonna to get to the important stuff. But I, I, got on the, I got home at 9.30. Game was at 11. We had to have him there by 10.30 for the game. Yeah. On the way home, I get the text. Games are postponed two hours. Oh, you're praising the Lord. No, I wasn't. I could have slept two more hours. Oh, yeah. I got free? up at five thirty. I didn't even have to. <laughs> Did you take a little hour Man. and a half nap? Oh no, dude. I at that point I was up. If I'd have taken a nap, I'd have probably been worse for wear. So, yeah, I watched a little XFL football, and uh, <laughs> actually did. Yeah, I watched a little XFL football. <laughs> Went to my son's game. They got destroyed. The, the, they were playing, my son's on the Astros, they were playing the Braves, and I think these were the 98 Braves. They got beat 13 to 1. So oh, I, I, I told my wife that I can see why people go to alcoholism when they're trying to watch their kids' sports. <laughs> it's just, it was rough. How old is rough. he? <laughs> he's, he's five. Oh, it's four and six year olds. Yeah, you got to cut our team. Break. Our team has no six year olds. They're all four and five years old. Yeah. And the team we were playing against, 
more than half of their team are six years old. Oh, got to check birth certificates out there, man. Oh, bro, th- I think some of those kids were shaving. So, um, <laughs> it sounds like you got. So here's the deal, rolled, man. Here's what's going on, man. We have a great guest on tonight. Oh yeah, I'm a looking great to this. guest. And and here's the thing about our guest tonight. She is not a backpacker like we normally have on this show. She is somebody who uh, actually is on here because she actually has knowledge about something that could really help us out instead of just being a personality, if you know what I'm saying. Specialized knowledge. I got plenty of things that I'm wanting to know about for the trail. Well, and here's the thing. When you have initials after your name, Uh, you know you're smart. That's all I'm saying. So let's welcome to the podcast, Miss Colette, and please, I hope I'm not screwing up your name, Vartanian. Am I getting that right? Is that yeah. is that correct? Yes. You did it. You got it. Welcome yes. to the show. I, was, I wasn't sure if it was Vartanian or Vartanian, so I went for the long A. Long no, A's you did it perfectly. <laughs> so, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to talk about all things backpacking, despite the fact that I don't regularly backpack. Um, I do live in Colorado, though, so I, I know the scene. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we decided something Jeremiah and I did. Um, mm-hmm. We want to find out how much you actually know about nutrition. Like, right. we see this fancy title you've got, you know, that was it RDMS? What, what do those stand for, by the way? Um, my MS is for my master's in science. I actually have two masters, a master's of arts and a master's of science. And then I also have the title RD as in registered dietitian. Um, so I am a degreed and certified registered dietitian. Okay. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. We're going to find out what you really know. So Gosh, we're going to play I a little game. Degree really, really helps me out here. <laughs> well, I just so, forewarn so- you. Call it that I also have an MS and I'm somewhat of an amateur expert in nutrition because I shed like a hundred pounds over an 18 month period. So I have dialed in my nutrition, but I want you to help me dial it in more Mm -hmm. for the trail. So go ahead, John. Well, and here's the thing. Jeremiah is also a math teacher. So be scared. All right. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. We're going to play a little this or that. So the way this game is going to work is real simple. We are going to name two different food items and you guys have to tell me which one has more calories. So you think you can handle this guys? You guys ready? Yeah. Okay. So you've got two foods here. You've got a medium sized muffin and a cupcake. Which one has more calories? Colette, you can go first. Um, I would say the cupcake this is so because i don't know what this is where i ask a lot of questions and i'm not good at these things because i really dig in (laughs) deep with my athletes now this is on john we need some clarification here john call it wouldn't you agree what kind of clarification do you need what kinds of things are in the muffin yes versus the the cupcake what kind of muffin how about a medium-sized blueberry muffin and what kind of cupcake uh, just your typical vanilla cupcake. Vanilla with, uh, icing? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'll go blueberry muffin, actually. 
Okay. I'm Jeremiah, gonna, what are you going to say? I'm the contrarian. I'm going to go with the cupcake just because that's the stereotypical sugar. It is the blueberry muffin. It's 300 plus calories versus 200 calories for a, round, for a little cupcake. The only reason I know this is I took a flight last week and I bought a blueberry muffin at the airport and I was surprised at how many calories were in it. And I was like, this is a great snack for athletes, actually. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So, Jeremiah, you're down one nothing already. So this is just like normal. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Next question. A three and a half ounce sirloin or a cup of soybeans? Three ounce sirloin. Uh, soybeans. You're going to say soybeans? I think I will as well. That is a very lean food. Are we both wrong? You you are both correct. Oh. It is the soybeans. The soybeans come in at around 300 calories, and a three and a half ounce sirloin is just a little less than 200 calories. So how about that one, huh? Yeah. Jeremiah, you're, you've, you're only down by one. I'm on the board. You're doing okay, Jeremiah. You're doing good. You're doing good. You got you got someone who really knows stuff in Jeremiah, and Jeremiah's <laughs> only down by one, so that's good. Okay, set next question. Next one. A slice of pizza or an eight-piece basic sushi roll? Oh, man, that's so hard. Is the is it cheese pizza? Uh, pepperoni. Pepperoni pizza. Is it a Just one slice. Pizza or is it like a Domino's pizza? Let's go with Little Caesars. <laughs> and we'll make it a cheese pizza. Little Caesars, it's a cheese pizza. I'm going to go with pizza. Okay. And I am going to tie it up with the sushi. It actually is the sushi roll. Oh. A single piece of cheese pizza is 250 calories. Oh, you got to keep it A typical eight-piece sushi roll is 300 calories because 170 of those calories are rice. I love sushi. So check that one out. Jeremiah did tie it up. This is scary. I don't know if this has ever happened in the history of the Backpacking Podcast. So let's go to the next one, and that is uh, one serving of tortilla chips or a mojito. Oh, man. One serving of tortilla chips is 170 calories approximately. How much is the mojito, Colette? How do you know that about tortilla chips? <laughs> I like tortilla chips. So here's the thing about cutting weight. Like if you do all calorie counting for like two years, then, you know, yeah. uh, unfortunately, That's everything. True. I don't count calories, so wow, I, I have it. a hard time with some of this stuff. Um, I would say a mojito has more calories. I want to say too. I, th I think it has some sugar in there. Folks, you mm -hmm. are correct. The mojito is 200 calories, while one serving of tortilla chips is right around 150 to 175 calories. All right. Mm. Well, I'm I'm kind of nervous now because this is <laughs> this is getting real, people. This is getting yeah. real. Well, we, this, are, we are three to three. It is three to three. It is tied, and we have the final question. Okay. This and way. this one will determine who wins the Dietitian Award of the Year. I'm kidding. That's not what this means. So, okay. So the next one is one medium-sized avocado or two tablespoons of peanut butter. Oh, man. Two tablespoons mm. of peanut butter. Both have I a lot of fat. I would say peanut butter. 
peanut. Well, then I'm going to have to say the avocado because we have to have a winner here. But um, I got to say the avocado, a lot of good healthy fats, but that's calorically mm-hmm. dense. The peanut butter. The, these are your last answers. This you, you're dialed in. You're both cool with these answers. It's a lot of sugar in that peanut I'm, butter. I'm gonna stick with my gut. You stick with your gut. The answer is an avocado. <sighs> Avocado. This is just a game. When we start actually having conversation, everybody's gonna be like, Oh my god, Jeremiah knows nothing. He's got all these questions. Kyle's just smacking the questions. <laughs> but but an avocado is three hundred calories and two tablespoons of peanut butter is about two hundred calories. Now, which yeah. one's more healthy? I could tell you that without even like blinking an eye. Like it's the avocado. But uh yeah. but yeah. So that there you go, guys. Jeremiah, you actually won one of these. Uh, congratulations! We before the show started, you're supposed to lose on purpose. I'm sorry. I I had to pick opposite. It's, it's okay. I'll make. It I think case, that. But. I think that makes me feel very real because dietitians are very helpful tools, but they're not. They're not computers. They don't know everything. Right. So right. Well, that's awesome. That, so okay. So there's our this or that for this week. We haven't done that in a while at Jeremiah. Yeah, could be over we haven't a year. put you on the spot in a long, long time. So um, let's see. Let's see if we got a few comments real quick. Uh, okay, so this one, this one, Jeremiah, it says, what are the odds on Jeremiah having merch yet? Oh, my uh, so, God. So, you know, Colette, Jeremiah has promised merch for almost two years now and still has none. Yeah, these are true two years. Ooh. True. So Jeremiah hates his viewers. Not, that's not true. That's he not, hates everybody that watches. Know, Jeremiah, if you need help with merch, we probably can help you out with that. Oh. If you need some help getting that dialed in and put together, we probably could point you in the right direction so your fans are happy. Wow! Did you hear that, that Jeremiah? Yes. Did you so hear courteous. that? She's not just a dietitian. She's like, I don't know. She's like a manager. Like yeah. you, you should maybe hire her or something. One stop shop uh, for success there. So here's just a, a an interesting one that's up here. Did you all know that the last total solar eclipse in the U.S. is for 20 years? Next visible solar eclipse in the U.S. for 20 years is next March. <laughs> Stuart Donald, that was the most random thing I have ever heard. <laughs> I don't know why that's up there, but there it is. And then uh, Pizza Ninja, who, of course, you know, he wants to comment. He wanted to know if it was a stuffed crust pizza oh, when we were talking about love it. Love stuffed crust. So, and then, and then Jeremiah got some props. He's got the dial in on the food. I like to mm-hmm. eat. Like yeah, to you eat. do. That's what we're yeah, about to get into. Yes. Oh, this is funny. You're going to love this last comment. Jeremiah winning is like the Washington Generals beating the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh, Jeff. <laughs> That's harsh. That's terrible. Okay, so let's get back to it. Let's let's talk a little bit. Um, Jeremiah's got a ton of questions for you, and I think I told you before the, the show that we uh, – we had a guest on a couple weeks ago and Jeremiah's internet just decided it hated him and he didn't get to do a lot of questions. So I'm going to defer to Jeremiah tonight because he sent me a list of questions about a mile long he has for you. And uh, Jeremiah, let her know why these questions are so important because you got something pretty cool coming up. Well, my wife and I are starting in June, the Camino de Santiago, which is a pilgrimage across Spain. Yeah, I know that one. I have a couple of friends who've done it and it looks amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking that some of the knowledge that you have can be bestowed on me so that I can have a healthy, balanced, and rejuvenating diet while I'm over there. So 
Go ahead. Yeah, won't be that hard because you're in Europe and the food there is amazing. Um, I've heard some pretty interesting stuff about that route, actually, but I'd love to hear your questions so we can get them all dialed in. Okay. Well, we don't have to start specifically with anything Camino related, and we'll just see where the conversation takes us. But yeah. I want to start out with, for people that are through hiking, in your professional opinion, and are you familiar mm-hmm. with through hiking, first of all? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I know a lot of the lingo for backpacking, uh-huh. but I will tell you guys just as like a little tidbit, I grew up in Southern California to immigrant parents. They did not camp. We went camping and they would take me to the campsite with their friends, pack up and go home the rest of the evening. Um, they <laughs> called it a day at that. And I didn't go for my first camping trip till I was 18 years old. Um, so I know the camping, I know the backpacking stuff. I just haven't done a ton of it. So I will let you know if I don't know something, but it's very interesting to me because I grew up in a very weird community of people who just, that wasn't a thing that they even knew existed until I I got older and got to experience it myself. I'm going to be honest with you, Colette, until a few years back, I didn't know backpacking was something that people did that had a home. I only felt like homeless people backpacked like (laughs) seriously like so you're not alone i grew up we never camped when i was a kid yeah we never did the only time i got to do was when i was in boy scouts but i thought that was just a boy scout thing i didn't think that was something people actually did if they weren't in boy scouts so yeah you're you i'm right there with you on that yeah right there with you i think this is the cool stuff to talk about because i get to sharpen my skills as a dietitian um but yeah i've put a uh, something on myself that this summer I will do at least one backpacking trip um, yeah. just so that I can practice some of the nutrition that I talk about and put some real perspective on it on my own. Um, so stay tuned. I'll keep you guys updated on how that goes. That's great. Well, fantastic. Well, it's very good context. Let me give you some context for uh, a couple of these ideas that I'm kind of running down the rabbit hole with. So if we're speaking specifically about through hiking, mm-hmm. um, that's going to take anywhere from four to six months normally if you're doing like the Appalachian Trail or Continental Divide Trail, Pacific Crest Trail. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, myself included, I did the Vermont Long Trail. That took me about a month, and it's straight wow. just hiking you know, every day, maybe a zero in there. But you just basically eat whatever you want, and – I feel like it's so many calories out that I can't, I almost can't replace by, you know, calories in. So Mm -hmm. sometimes you eat trash food and some people are of the opinion, Mm -hmm. I need it because of the calories. Some people add avocado oil to their dinners to get in extra calories. And some people buy Mm -hmm. more calorically dense foods like avocados that we talked about earlier. So with Mm -hmm. all that context, do you think if I just do one season, me or anybody else, are there any long-term consequences to eating like trash on trail for like six months? And then in addition to that, what if I do another trail the next year? Or what if I try to do all three in the same year and I'm eating like trash the whole time, but I'm getting enough calories? What do you think about that? Yeah, so there's a lot of debate in this topic of if it only matters calories in calories out to some extent 
that is true. But when you are going for a month or more, you can face like major micronutrient deficiencies. And that's what I worry more about than the balance of your meals, because balance is really essential, um, mainly to, to, for a lot overall health, like long-term health, but also for maybe injury prevention and some of those things. But what people always forget is that it doesn't matter, you know, as much like there, you guys are burning a ton of calories. So it doesn't matter as much about the breakdown of the macronutrients. But what I worry about is the micronutrients when people are going out and hiking and backpacking, because you're not getting a lot of the nutrition that a lot of our fresh fruits and vegetables get. And that's where I always encourage things like uh, dehydrated fruits and vegetables or freeze dried fruits and vegetables, or even um, I will say as a dietitian, I'm not a big fan of green drinks, but in the context of hiking and, and backpacking, it's something that should be incorporated in because there are a lot of nutrients that we may be missing out on because we're limited to a certain amount of food that we can carry with us um, or have access to anywhere. Um, so the composition does matter, especially if you're going to be doing this many, many times. But I truly worry about micronutrients even more than the macronutrients because we see lots of deficiencies that can cause issues with altitude adjustment. Um, you can deal with hormonal issues after that point. You can deal with skin and, and hair issues if your micronutrients are not um, sufficient in your system. And so those have sometimes longer term health effects than if you don't get enough carbs or you don't get enough protein in. Well, let time. me ask you a question real quick. What can you explain to some of us what the difference is between micronutrition nutrients and macronutrients? What what those are? Um, because I, yeah, I, so, I can be honest, I am don't know what that is. So I'm definitely very curious right now. Yeah. So your macronutrients are your nutrients that are, are providing calories. So that's gonna be your fat, your protein, and your carbohydrates. And actually, the funny thing is the one micro macronutrient we don't really talk about but it is one is alcohol so alcohol is actually also a macronutrient and it provides a certain amount of calories per gram um so all four of those are actually our macronutrients and then our micronutrients are things like the minerals and vitamins that are found in our foods that we eat typically and we have recommended amounts but we uh, everyone may be different depending on their age and 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 their gender and all these different factors, but those are just as important as the mac macronutrients, but they just don't provide calories. Okay, uh, that makes sense. So does that mean? Okay, sorry, I'm going to add because I'm still want to find a little bit more. So is something like a vitamin supplement something good to bring with you on trail to help offset some of that, or does that really help much? I would say a vitamin supplement or a greens drink or something that has some of those micronutrients is going to be helpful, especially if you're going longer than two weeks, really. Um, anything longer than two weeks, I'm like, you cannot make sure that you're not missing out on some of these nutrients that we typically need to be eating. Um, and so usually I will say either bring a vitamin, a multivitamin, or some type of a greens drink, whatever you prefer, honestly. Um, and I always encourage people, especially if you're doing this and you're going to be doing this more regularly or you're planning on doing something for a big change in your life, 
go to your doctor and get your blood work tested and just make sure that you don't have any deficiencies before going into something like this where you're going to be gone for a long time and have very little medical care available. So um, make sure you're not deficient in anything. Make sure nothing is wrong before you go and do six months of of trail work because um, you could be deficient and it could affect your health. And when you say green drinks, are you specifically talking about products like athletic greens or something similar? Yeah, there's a lot of them on the market now. Um, Athletic greens is probably the most commonly asked product that I get, like from a lot of my athletes. Um, I'll say it doesn't taste great, um, but it does the job. I've tried, they have over 50 variations of athletic greens and I've tried a couple of them. Uh, not not my favorite, but I would get it down if I needed it. Um, but I will say that there's other brands. Gnarly Nutrition also makes a green drink. All I say is that it should be third-party certified because you want to make sure that what is on that label is actually what's in the product. Um, there are some other ones that are being marketed like Bloom Nutrition and a couple others that like, they don't have enough uh, evidence for me or safety for me to make sure that they're a good supplement for athletes. And what's a few of the things that you're talking about specifically in these green drinks that people could be deficient in? Um, so vitamin C, magnesium, potassium, a lot of the electrolytes will be in there, um, but also things like iron. Um, you're going to see things like uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, calcium. Um, and then also all, all our fruits and vegetables have colors, right? Mm-hmm. And all the colors correspond to different vitamins and health benefits. So we want to make sure that our vitamins are also getting included by all the colors of the rainbow. And so a greens drink or fruits and vegetable drink will usually have all those micro micronutrients even things like selenium and and other small things that could affect hormone health are really important to make sure that you're keeping consistent that we may not get in all the everyday foods that we're eating on a trail okay that's awesome that's awesome jeremy we're actually getting some good comments these are like not funny comments we're actually getting good comments right now well, you going to break well, some up? I want to revisit what she's talking about, but I'd love. Yeah, to hear... this is this is going along with what she's talking about. So this is this is kind of cool. Like, usually yeah. we just get goofball comments because that's who we are. Yeah, and, we're just having know, fun. Our people are these are our people. You know, nutrition um, is serious, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a couple funny ones, but um, uh, Delta Safari said, uh, "When you're in town, eat plenty of veggies. If you get a burger, load it up with rabbit food." Um, yeah. Jeff Peters says there's a fantastic freeze-dried fruit and vegetable brand that's called Karen's Naturals. Mm-hmm. So that's that. interesting. Of course, we got Solo Outdoors who's excited because you just told him he could have beer. So he's happy. Uh, I said it's a macronutrient. I didn't say it's a healthy macronutrient. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, super good camping is a great topic. Even as a canoeist, calories are super important. We always try to intake good calories. With junk as an occasional drink, like corn syrup and granola bars, trail mix, which will have M&Ms and marshmallows in it. Um, Greg Morton Outdoors, good buddy of the show. Uh, he takes multivitamins and joint care supplements on the trail. Yeah. Um, and then the Pizza Ninja had to get this in there. Jeremiah should do the Mayor McCheese Challenge on the oh, Camino and gosh. only eat McDonald's. 
That would be awesome. <laughs> have you totally heard of this? What we're talking about tonight. Colette, oh, have yeah. you heard? Have you heard of the McDonald's <laughs> it, challenge? You, I have heard of the McDonald's challenge. Oh my god, that is, it's so, nuts. That's terrible. And then the very the one more funny one here says, "Real question: Since I only eat pizza, is that bad? The calories are less than sushi, from what I heard." So, <laughs> Pizza Ninja had to get a couple of them in there. Good so. callback. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. And I always like. I think some of these comments are great. Like, there is balance in everything that we do, whether we're outside or inside. It doesn't matter. Our food should be balanced. There's no bad foods in my eyes. There's just foods that we shouldn't have all the time. And so when you think about that split when you're out on a trail, how can you eat well 80% of the time, but give yourself about 20% of lenience to maybe change things up or bring some stuff that's joyful because it is mentally challenging to be doing any type of activity for a long amount of time. So you got to find stuff that brings you joy. And so once in a while, you know, some Skittles or M&Ms or fun food like pizzas and fries and stuff, not to say that they're not, they're not, you know, my top food on my list, but they are foods I allow myself to eat because balance is so much better for people than trying to do everything perfectly. Um, We have more sustainability and more coherence to like a plan if you are actually, you know, thinking about how to make it more fun and add some enjoyment into your eating. Um, Because eating can be a chore when you're burning a lot of calories. Mm -hmm. This kind of touches on something that I want to talk about at home versus the trail. So like Mm -hmm. sometimes whenever I'm on trail, you know, you're burning so many calories. If you're, if you're hiking 15 miles with 20, 30 pounds on your back, I mean, it's so many Mm -hmm. calories and I'm so much more leaning on myself with what I'm bringing that sometimes I wouldn't eat at home. But at the same time, I feel like not just me, but a lot of people across the U.S., maybe even the world, but I think a lot in the U.S. with how much diabetes and stuff that we have, uh, people are very Mm -hmm. susceptible to eating disorders. So, Mm -hmm. um, like, I want to know, I I dropped that 100 pounds, right? And Mm -hmm. I try to consistently eat well, in my caloric limits while balancing my macros like you talked about. And I get labs done uh, twice a year for, like, my micronutrients. So I'm keeping an eye on that stuff. But is it better for you to – and this doesn't have to be binary, so you can elaborate. But is it better Mm -hmm. to say, let me eat regular during the day, have normal food eating habits, and then after dinner I eat – some kind of dessert. So like, I absolutely love anything chocolate. I also love like ice cream and things like cheesecake. So would and it the be chocolate thing is not like a minor thing here. Like <laughs> oh. Jeremiah will take snicker bars and chalk. He, he always has chocolate when he goes oh. backpacking. Yes. So, so yes. As, on trail versus at home, if we're talking at home, is it better to eat a dessert once a day, every day, so maybe that's a piece of cake after dinner, or maybe that's an ice cream cone, or it could be um, a s'mores. Who knows? Versus not eating at all, but then that makes you prone to binge eating on like a night that you're just bored and you're like, oh, I'm really craving some ice cream. But then you eat the whole two quarts of Ben and Jerry's or maybe you eat a bunch of different stuff. So 
what what would you suggest or just abstaining totally yeah i i would say you should never abstain totally there's no food that that's that's that bad for you that you should completely eliminate the only foods you should not eat are foods that are spoiled or foods you just don't like eating like those are the those are my rules I like, like that. that's it so so everything else there is room for it in there i prefer that eat every day a small amount mm -hmm. rather than try to fit it in on a cheat day or whatever it is that people like to call it um typically if you're someone who feels like they're so compulsed to be eating uh sweets like or craving them all the time or feeling like they're going in the pantry at night and they're getting chips or whatever it is that they really like and eating a large amount of it mm -hmm. typically i the first question i ask is what's your eating like the rest of the day are you getting breakfast lunch and dinner in maybe a snack between lunch and dinner because that's usually a time we spend a lot of time not eating um are you eating every three to four hours because if that's the case you you know a little bit of a craving in the evening usually is just a sign of like okay maybe this is something i built into my routine if you're someone who skips breakfast or skips lunch and then tries to make up for it by saying oh my god i don't understand why i have a sweet tooth i eat a whole tub of ice cream every night Typically, it's because your body is now trying to find a high calorie reward mm -hmm. to fill in the gaps for the stuff that you didn't eat earlier in the day. And it's going to want the high calorie sweets and the high calorie munchies, mm -hmm. mainly because it knows that you only have so much time before you sleep. So it wants to fit in as many calories as possible. And it's going to force you to kind of get that almost binge episode in. Mm -hmm. um, because you've missed out on calories earlier. So um, if you're someone who is like almost like binge eating at night, mm -hmm. typically I go look at the rest of your diet. And if it's, if your rest of your diet is fine, have something small. If the rest of your diet is not good and you just didn't eat breakfast or didn't eat lunch and now you want to have a tub of ice cream, I'll say maybe find something more uh, nutritious to mm -hmm. fill in those calories because your body's asking or the right type of food. So that's kind of where my mind goes. There's no black and white answer to this because there's so much going on with nighttime eating habits. I will say there's no time that you have to cut yourself off from eating. If you are going to bed hungry, especially if you're on the trail, that is not a good sign. Do not go to bed hungry. That's when your body's doing its recovery and that's when your body needs the calories to actually do its work. So if you haven't had something and you're hungry before bed, I always say a higher protein or a higher fat item may work a little bit better than a carb product because it'll keep your blood sugar a little bit more stable while you're sleeping. That's really interesting too because I I know when I'm what I want carbs is at night. Yeah, yep. me too. Like if I'm craving carbs, it's going to be at night. Like that's what I'm like cuz my wife and I are are we're doing um, intermittent fasting right now. And mm -hmm. so, but, but I'm doing breakfast and lunch and I'm not eating dinner. So, mm -hmm. um, because dinner's the one where I go off the chain. So it's like, I'm mm -hmm. cutting that one. I'm just eating higher calorie breakfast and lunch than what I normally yeah. do. And I've noticed the cravings are for the carbs. And mm -hmm. so that's, 
that's one of those things where so during the day sometimes I might have a little something, not big, but something little just so that yeah, I get it out of my system so that at night I'm not going crazy. Yeah, and that's okay. And I think that's part of retraining your body and making sure that it knows that you're getting the nutrition and that it's okay. I will still get that food in. Um, like you can crave it and I will give it to you rather than delay, 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 and then binge, you know, um, that's typically the healthier behavior out of the two is to just give yourself the satisfaction of having something, but you also have to put boundaries with stuff like that. And it's hard because we teach intuitive eating and we teach a lot of the healthy eating habits and that takes a lot of time to get there so i always say you have to give yourself a little grace but you just still want to give yourself something but instead of buying full-size chocolate bars buy the single wrap chocolate so you can say this is all i'm having and if i want more later i'll come back to it it's not going anywhere abundance always allows us to be more self-regulated than when we're like when it's not around. So you were a kid that grew up with no food, uh, junk food in the house. You were the kid that was running over to the neighbor's house and eating all the junk food at their house because you didn't have it. You went overboard. But the kids who had junk food in their house, they're like, why are you coming over here? I want to go to your house where you have fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a topic that got, got quite a few comments on here. We'll throw some up on the screen real quick. Um, And then I'll let you kind of talk about this a little bit. It says, I am 100% dependent on electrolytes while on trail. Mm, And then uh, electrolytes have been a lifesaver in regard to cramps for me. If I'm not drinking electrolytes, I'm cramping by 10 a.m. And on on the AT, I viewed fresh fruit or an avocado as a treat more than candy or junk food. I ended up craving fruit. So amazing. So let's talk a little about this electrolyte stuff. Like yeah. what, what is the big benefit? You see all these like water treatment things that people can get to put in their food or in their drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, what do those electrolytes do? Yeah. And what are yeah. the electrolytes? Yeah. Yeah. This is a great question. So um, I guess my credentials to back this one up is that I work at scratch labs and I basically spend all day talking about hydration um, and we make a hydration drink, but I think that, um, I love our product, but I will say that there are so many different products for everyone out there. So find the one that you like, mm-hmm. but these are the kinds of things that I think about when I'm looking for a sports nutrition drink product. Um, first things first is your sweat is not just water. So you should not just be drinking water all the time. You are losing a lot of electrolytes in your sweat and the amount you sweat is dependent on a bunch of things. How much clothes you're wearing, what's the temperature outside, what's the humidity, all these different factors kind of play into how much you sweat, but what is in your sweat is genetic. Your mom and dad passed it down to you and it's not changing. It's like a t-shirt size that you are stuck with for the rest of your life. And so you can be on the lower end at 300 milligrams per liter, or you can be on the higher end of 2,500 milligrams per liter of sweat. So people are very all over the place. And that's why sports nutrition products and like sports drinks especially are kind of confusing because they're targeting all different kinds of people. Can I interrupt um, you for just a second on the milligrams yeah. per liter? What can you elaborate yeah. a little milligrams of what per liter? Uh, sodium. So okay. let's say you, let's say this is a half liter bottle, right? Yeah. So if you had two of these side by side, um, that would be about a liter. Yeah. And so in one, two liters of your sweat, 
um, you will sweat out about uh, 300 to 3000 ish milligrams of sodium. Everyone's different. Their number's genetic and that's what's passed down to them. Um, so every two like liter of sweat, you're losing a significant amount of sodium. Mm -hmm. Um, what we know is that 90% of your electrolytes lost in sweat is sodium. The other electrolytes are calcium, magnesium, potassium, um, and chloride. Okay. And those other ones are getting lost, but at such a small amount. Therefore, they're important to replace, but most of the time we're replacing them in our food. Mm. So they're not as much of the focus when you're picking a sports drink. Um, nowadays, there's ways to test what your sweat composition is. Um, there's wearables, but there's also in, in home tests. There's also um, in lab tests that I perform all the time. But what we need to know in a sports drink is that first of all there's water so it's going into a fluid or you're drinking a good amount of fluid with it mm -hmm. um, electrolytes will do nothing if you don't add water the okay. whole point of the electrolytes is to hold on to the fluid that we're drinking so if you're taking salt tabs and you're not drinking water with them you are not hydrating you are just adding more salt into your diet mm -hmm. and it's not really helping um, but what you want to look for is fluid. You want to look for a certain amount of sodium. On average, what we're seeing with research is that most people are sweating somewhere between 800 to 1,000 milligrams per liter. When you look at a nutrition facts label, that's somewhere between three and I would say 350 and 500 milligrams of sodium in a liter. So what most sports nutrition products are about half a liter serving size so that's what you want to look for and you also want to look for a carbohydrate source that comes with your electrolyte because carbohydrates actually help absorption in our body and without carbohydrates we don't actually absorb as much fluid as we could um so either whether you eat it or it's in the mix that you're drinking um you need some sort of carbohydrate source with your electrolytes to make sure that you are absorbing the max amount. So like a um, sugar. Especially when you're out on a trail, you want to maximize. You only bring obviously a lot of people have like the the life straws and the bottles and stuff that can convert water to be fresh drinking water, but mm -hmm. you want to maximize the amount of water that you are drinking. So make sure you're getting the right stuff in there. Okay, well you said the different companies are kind of all over the place on what they put in there. Mm -hmm. Most are using the same yep. four or five electrolytes but like you you work for scratch and i did a, uh -huh. a couple of sponsor videos for element which is just a mm -hmm. it's like liquid iv and they mm -hmm. theirs has a thousand milligrams of sodium 200 milligrams of potassium and 60 milligrams of magnesium and mm -hmm. i have a small youtube channel but i posted this uh this video on there where element was the sponsor and i got a lot of comments that were like a thousand milligrams of sodium per packet. Like there's no way I can, I can consume this. That's way too much sodium. It's causing me to like people take fluid pills to get rid of fluid. And they're like, the sodium's making me, mm -hmm. it'll make me swell up, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So are you saying, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you saying that you do need those appropriate amounts of sodium and it could be in the drink mix or in food? Yeah, so I will say that different 
sports drink companies are going to make different sodium amounts. Most of the time, the other electrolytes are pretty fairly even. Um, but I will say in the sports drink world, there's coconut water based sports drinks. I will say forever for most endurance athletes, that is not a safe choice. Too much potassium can cause some issues uh, with hydration. Um, sodium and potassium are basically built on a pump that pushes fluid back and forth between our cells. Too much potassium uh, can make your cells burst. So Man. if you're doing a lot awful. of potassium, yeah. So if you're doing a lot of potassium, that's actually also not better for you. Coconut water is a great hydrator outside of exercise. I always okay. say if you want something refreshing to hydrate with, if it's a hot day and you're sitting on a beach, have some coconut water, sprinkle a little salt and some lime in it, you're good. Um, when you're exercising though, you're losing a lot of salt. So whatever you're drinking needs to be more salt. And in that case also, um, the variance of how much salt is going to be in there is going to just depend on the product. So like Gatorade is on the lower end, whereas Element is on the higher end. Mm. Um, and it really depends on how much salt you sweat out for you to be able to replace that. So for someone who may say like, this makes me really bloated, it's probably because you don't sweat out a lot of salt or you're not sweating a lot. And therefore, it's getting held on because you're not losing it as quickly as you should be. So if you're someone who is not a super salty sweater, Element may not be the best one for you. Mm. But if you are, it could be a life changer for you. So that's why I think there's so many polarizing opinions on hydration, because we're so specific. Every single person has a different number, and it's so genetic that and we don't have enough testing for it. I mean, thankfully now there's better testing, but a lot of us walk around blind, have no idea how much salt is in our sweat. Therefore we just pick whatever up that everyone else is drinking and it may not work for us. Mm, that's well, that's great stuff because it just sounds like everything's case by case. Like, yeah. Like even, I'm, I'm sitting here with this, I'm sitting here with this thing of Scratch Labs uh, drink yeah. mix and you're saying, it's got a lot of sodium and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm not even sweating right now. I probably shouldn't be drinking this because I don't really need that much sodium right now. Um, so uh, there's some truth to that. I, I will say you don't need a lot of sodium outside of exercise, but if you're preparing for something that's going to be really hot or really humid. So like, let's say you're, you're traveling to go and backpack somewhere. I definitely will say that you may want to preload a couple days with electrolytes to make sure you're well hydrated. But for the day-to-day, -day, huh, if, if you're not spending a ton of time sweating, you probably don't need it. Um, save it for, the, for when you are sweating, but then also, or if you're dehydrated. Um, but for the most part, if you're going somewhere hot and humid, I will say start hydrating about two days before, just so That's, you can make sure you're well hydrated. That is really interesting. Um, Jeremiah was a couple years, I guess it's almost three years ago now, but uh, we went on a trip. It was 90 some odd degrees outside. The humidity was 95 plus percent humidity. And mm -hmm. I dehydrated and almost uh, almost had a, a heat stroke. Like it was bad. Oh, no. um, my, in, my body temperature jumped up to 102 and it didn't come down Ooh. for almost two days. And uh, I ended up coming off the trail, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. from that. And with you saying that, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I wonder if that was something I could have avoided had I known 
you know, what you're talking about right now of preparing for that, knowing that in two days I'm going to be hiking, it's going to be stupid hot. I'm going to sweat like a stuck pig and I need to make sure I've got enough stuff in me to be able to handle it. That's a, that's a it great definitely tip. Helps. It definitely helps a lot. I would say drink one or two of them a day leading up to a, a hotter, more humid trip. Um, it really does help a lot. The night before I even do a saltier mix. So we have a hyperhydration or a high sodium hydration that has like 3,500 milligrams per liter. That's as salty as your blood. I bring that sometimes as like a rescue product. It's as good as an IV would be potentially. Um, it is a rapid rehydrator. Um, but also I use it prehydrating when it's really hot so that I don't have to worry about, am I starting the day hydrated or not? Um, the other thing is with heat, you also may want to consider doing some heat acclimatization. So do some sauna work, get in a hot shower after a workout, um, do some of that stuff. If you know you're going to be going somewhere where it's really hot and you're not used to those temps, doing the heat training is just as good as hydrating. Um, you need to be prepared for the heat, um, especially if it's something that you don't live in regularly. That's great. There's, we got a question. This is an interesting yeah. one. I just want to throw it up here. And this is from a good friend of ours, Miyagi on the trail. He said, I'd like to hear her thoughts on using aluminum cookware and the potential ramifications, if any, of absorbing mm -hmm. aluminum in the body. I have, to be honest, not heard anything about this at all. Um, it may be something that I look into and get back to you guys so you can report back to Miyagi um, because I have not heard anything and I'm happy to do a little bit of digging to, to be educated on this. Um, a lot of times, obviously for, for, uh, like ultralight stuff, I mean, you're not bringing a cast iron skillet with you because that would be no. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but if you're doing regular camping or on a trail or stuff, I usually really do recommend cast iron skillets because especially if you're in altitude, um, getting extra iron in is really helpful. Um, but uh, I've never heard anything about aluminum cookware, so I'm definitely going to look into that and give you guys some answers because um, obviously we want people feeling the safest they can for their bodies because long-term health is just as important as what we're doing now for our health. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I want to revisit something that you mentioned a few minutes ago, and I think you kind of described mm -hmm. it as a, a harmony between potassium and sodium and pumping water back and forth between cells. So just for mm -hmm. the fun of it, can you tell me what the manifestation would look like if your sodium or your potassium, excuse me, was way too high? We're talking worst case scenario, potassium overload and those cells. Like as in symptoms? Yeah. What, what's that? How does that manifest physically? I don't think you'll be able to tell. It would happen like immediately. Uh, there is no signs of over potassiuming your body. There are signs for doing too much sodium or not enough sodium. Um, that's a really good one because um, potassium is pretty sneaky. You're not going to get any signs or symptoms that you're low in potassium um, from what I know. Uh, High or low in why, potassium? Uh, it's interesting because Dr. Lim actually told me this, our founder, um, he said, uh, he told me, he's like, if someone was really trying to, you know, off somebody, uh -huh. they may try to uh, 
dose them with very high amounts of potassium because it's very hard to tell until it's too late that this happens. Oh, so wow. um, it, it's not something that we as dietitians can diagnose in somebody. It, we would have to look at their blood levels to be able to see it. But with sodium, typically we can see if someone's overdone it or underdone it a lot by urine color. Uh -huh. And another way is also by um, just signs and symptoms. So if you oversalt things, you may not go to the bathroom as often. Um, you may get some of the same symptoms of dehydration. But if you feel like you're drinking and drinking and drinking and you're not getting hydrated, typically you probably have overdone the salt um, or it's not enough at all. Like if you put no salt in there, you'll be able to tell that. But a lot of times urine color is my best friend when it comes to detecting this stuff. Your pee should never be clear because that means you're drinking too much water, not enough electrolytes. And if your pee is dark, uh, like a darker yellow, mm -hmm. um, not a lemonade yellow, um, that usually means too much electrolytes um, and not enough water. What's the healthy shade of pee look like? Light lemonade, like Chick Fil A lemonade. Okay, and just for clarification, she went, she went with the Jesus chicken on that's that one. Right, that's another you, win. You down. know, I'm like everybody knows what Chick Fil A lemonade looks like. You see it the minute you walk in that place. Yep. Uh, so, just for a couple pieces of clarification, because I want to make sure I got this right. Um, low potassium intake. It's getting too low. Definitely has mm -hmm. physical symptoms that are di diagnosable, right? Yep. Okay. But high potassium, you said you wouldn't notice, but I assume yeah. that something's going to happen. You're either going to be hospitalized and they're going to run blood work yeah. or you're going to die. So, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it has yeah. to be one of those. Not good options. Potassium, it is time to go to the hospital. But potassium deficiency, honestly, sometimes, like, to me, I'm like, some of this stuff is really hard. Mm -hmm. Usually we know that there's some sort of an electrolyte yeah. indif indifference somewhere there. Like we know something is wrong. We just don't know which electrolyte because sodium and potassium kind of do this dance the whole time. They're making sure everything is going right. And if there's not enough of either of those, you're going to get signs of, and most of the signs look like dehydration. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we see things like arrhythmia. So if you have like if your heart rate is really irregular, usually I'm like, okay, something may be going on here yeah. with your electrolytes and they're not balancing out because a lot of what our sodium potassium pumps do is make sure that our heart can pump. Um, okay. well, so uh, I would say there are some symptoms. People can look them up if they're really um, wanting to see what there's out there. There's a laundry list of symptoms that I could talk about. And some people may experience them and some people may never. Um, it just depends on your tolerance too. I gotcha. Um, I did see, I, we talked a little bit about um, poop before the show because we have a lot of backpackers on and sometimes yeah, I was you, just about uh, to pull up some comments that have come up recently. I keep seeing the poop stuff coming through and I think it's <laughs> hilarious. And we warned you in advance. We told you this was coming. Um, let's, since, since we're doing this, let's, let's go, um, let's go scholastic on these. Okay. So the very first one, we're going to just do two of them, but they're recent. And the first one is how does your electrolytes affect your poop? But the, the answer that they think that Jeremiah would give, which is electrolytes make your poop too salty. Oh, that's disgusting. So yeah. let's go back to the, the question though. How does electrolytes affect your poop or does it? Well, 
if you're well hydrated, it's going to reflect in, in your poop. You're going to have a healthier poop in general. You're not going to be constipated. A lot of what hydration does is allow things to move a lot smoother in our body and for more nutrients to be absorbed. So if you're well hydrated, your poop is going to be a lot softer mm. in a sense. Um, and if you overdo electrolytes, you could experience things like diarrhea. Um, okay. So it is, it is important to know those things can happen. Um, and so that is how I would say it affects your poop. Well, I have there we go. <laughs> now, now I will say just so everybody knows, we did tell her that we asked people if they have a poop story. She's not done enough backpacking to be able to give us a good poop story, but she did tell us something about someone she works with. So you yeah, want to give so, that knowledge to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Lim, our, our founder of our co-founder of our company, um, he's an exercise physiologist and he has been um, all over the world working with athletes. He actually worked on the tour uh, uh, for cycling for many, many years. Um, and he has a very scientific thought on this and that there is, you know, when you're an athlete, you, you are probably going to poop your pants at least once. Um, he says that you have one poop every Olympic cycle that you can poop your pants. Um, and so once every and four years, are we talking once, once every, every two? four years is okay. an acceptable is an acceptable amount. So we're skipping um, that, the Winter Olympics. It's just Summer Olympics to Summer Olympics. Yeah, we're skipping Winter Olympics. We're okay. just going every okay, just four years. Sure. You can have a poop in the pants incident. And he also talks about accidental poop your pants moments and like intentional poop your pants moments. And he goes all into depth on this. It's really actually hilarious. Um, if anybody wants to hear more about Dr. Lim and his own poop experiences, check out Scratch Lab's TikTok page because he goes into depth on all things poop there. And so if you guys love poop humor, he's the man for it. He talks about it all the time. I talk usually about what's healthy when it comes to pooping. And I talk about poop in a lot of different ways. Um, but he has more of the humor. Because Sounds I, like we need to have him on the show at some point. <laughs> I, you, you definitely do because he is, he is a man of many stories. Um, I will say I am lucky enough to have never had to poop my pants. Um, but knock on wood who knows what'll happen this year for me and that's uh <laughs> leonidas, leonidas just said hmm guess i need to poop myself next next fkt attempt <laughs> <laughs> and that that's scratch skr scratch not scr yes. yeah yeah scratch yeah labs. and we're just on tiktok at at skratch labs.com or okay. dot and i, I want to say too uh this is the second live stream that i've been on with Colette, the first one, I was more of just a viewer. Um, yeah. She actually spoke for the Outdoor Vitals 100 Mile Challenge live stream for all the mm -hmm. people that signed up for it. And that's where I I first heard you talk. And I was like, I got to get you on this this podcast. And I, I want to say something. And I think Jeremiah would back me up. You need to do a YouTube channel or something. Yeah, some kind where of you talk about this stuff because it's fascinating. And you know your stuff. Oh, Even though okay. Jeremiah did beat yeah. you on the Calorie Look Challenge. At this. Um, I have all these questions, and we we did one. That means at some point, if you'll grace us with your presence again, there's so many things I'm curious about that I want to optimize. We can come back. And, and or what we could even do is let's do a session live um, between me and you and get to run through all your questions. Wow. There it is. That. There it is. That needs to happen. I'm telling you, like, you need to be doing more stuff online because you've got, you got the personality for it. Right. 
You're easy to talk to. I'm telling you, it needs to happen. It needs to happen. Uh, Cola, what's the best way for people to find you? Uh, you're very hard um, to find online. Yeah, I am. I, I, I kind of stay in the background. I'm here to support athletes, not to be the superstar in a lot of this stuff. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at Cole, C-O-L-E, nutrition. Um, or you can shoot an uh, email to info at scratchlabs.com and they'll get you connected with me. Um, through Scratch, I do do some free consults. Um, so if there is something like a quick question or you know a little bit of my time that somebody may need to really dial in their nutrition, I'm always happy to help. Um, if you need recommendations to work with a dietitian for a long-term amount of time, I also have really great recs for people who are experts in the field. Um, so there's a lot of ways that I can help out, but I'm always happy. I know that I know that there's always more questions than I could answer. So shoot some stuff my way in my Instagram. Um, let's get me back on here to answer more questions. I think it's a never ending cycle of questions when it comes to nutrition. Yeah, we'd love to. And I would love to have you on after Jeremiah has done his big hike. So he can yeah. kind of share with you what he did, and you can kind of analyze how poorly he did with his diet. That's good. Um, that would no, be awesome. He's be great. I think he's going to be great. <laughs> he knows more than me. He beat me in the. No. That's true. <laughs> and Jeremiah should actually be a dietitian, not a math teacher. That's what we learned today. The, the evidence so. was definitive after the conversation started. <laughs> I will tell you, you know, you mentioned the macronutrient of alcohol. I hear there is a lot of wine with uh, the food over in España. So oh, there might, is. Maybe indulge. Okay. Yeah. All right. More, no more than one glass a day. One glass a day. Okay. Now you'll well, have to this, save this those up. This came up, Jeremiah. What's You're going to love this comment. Okay. Sounds like Scratch needs to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> oh. Ooh able to do that i wonder and if we I know anybody that works there now i don't know what were you saying Cole? i actually may be able to come back after this with a, a a code for you guys to use um for anybody who's interested in using scratch i can work on something i don't know why i didn't do this sooner but let me get you guys a code for anyone who's interested in using oh. scratch let's get you guys a discount and get you guys on the scratch train Sweet. that would be great yeah we'll that put that great. we'll put that in the description for uh, whenever we yeah. publish on the audio version too well, Colette, thank you, you so guys. much. Thank you so much for thank being you guys. on. Here. I feel like this wasn't enough time, so we definitely have to do it again. Absolutely. Well, if you'll hang out in the green room, we'll be back with you in just a second. Uh, oh. But Jeremiah and I got to gotta close this thing up. So uh, if you don't mind good. hanging out just for a second, yeah. we'll be back with you. Cool. Jeremiah, holy cow. <sighs> How awesome was that, man? Just a wealth of knowledge, man is and such a nice personality and so friendly and like she's a sweetheart you know i think she's probably one she didn't do it but she's probably one of those people that could tell your stupid 15 different ways and you thank her for it <laughs> yeah yeah you're right you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah. like so uh that's funny. so great to have her on here and uh so much to learn from and man anybody who missed this i hate it for him because this was a really great great night um we will definitely have to have her back on there's yeah. no way around it at this point point. and looking into the future next monday you know who uh we get to hang out with for our last oh, live having... stream of the season then i'm on summer break to espana we are having a dream guest on next week and it's and miyagi's the other guy um <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> miyagi's a dream guest I love let's that be guy. honest let's be honest we're gonna have somebody on this live stream that most people just don't get to have on a live stream 
It'd be very interesting, man. And to hear the stories of of how this came about, I I can't understate how excited I overstate how excited I am. Now, have you hiked with him yet? No, never met him in person. Only Facetime. I have, and is he is this. I'm telling you, this guy is one of the kindest, most gentle yet ridiculously crazy people you will ever hear of in your entire life. His name is Milosh, and that is it. It's just Milosh. Just Milosh. And if you've watched any Miyagi on the Trail videos, be prepared for a wild ride next week. <laughs> We're talking Suge level crazy. This could be a lot of fun. Um, and this might be one of the few episodes where we tell you, please don't have your kids watching with you. It yeah, doesn't happen often, but I'm, this might be one of those episodes. I might have to do a little um, editing on the uh, audio version. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But next week, we've got Miyaki and Milos on here, two great friends, uh, two just really fun guys. And uh, I, I guarantee it's going to be a laugh fest the entire time. Oh, yeah, dude. And tonight, super fun as well. A different avenue that we got to explore, and I can't wait. Because there's so many. When it comes to nutrition, it's like she said, it's an endless cycle of questions that you could ask. So I'm excited. Yeah, I am too, man. We're getting a lot of good comments. Everybody said they, they loved the episode. So thank you for tuning in. As always, for myself and Jeremiah, we're so thankful you guys tuned in to the Backpacking Podcast. We will catch you on the next one. Adios, folks. Adios.